This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Look at me, as always, is Ricky Wilber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. Guys, you're doing a poor job. I'm just you, you, <laughs> How slow is your reaction time? Really bad. It's awful. You know that whack-a-mole game <laughs> at arcades? Well, those two <laughs> I said a low score. While those two four-year-olds do that, we're going to be talking about Serge Ibaka. Does the trade to the Raptors help the Raptors really contend with the Cavs? Because that 2-3-4 is really up for grabs. I mean, Boston currently has that two spot. Uh, Wizards have been on fire, and the Raptors were there for most of the season but have fallen off. Because of DeMar's late. injury, yeah. Yeah, and then we're going to be talking about the NBA trade deadline. We're going to be talking about will a superstar be dealt and what teams do need to be make or what teams need to make a move. Should be a fun podcast. Uh, but let's get into it. I was I was going to reintroduce you guys. I don't know why. Serge Ibaka <laughs> is now a Toronto Raptor. It was Serge Ibaka and I think just Serge going to the Toronto Raptors. You are correct. And then Terrence Ross and the Raptors, Raptors. pick. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the Raptors pick. I think it was the Clippers pick. No, it they, they, they still have the, they still have the Clippers pick. I think it is whichever is going to be worse. I think that's what's still up in there, and it looks like right now it will be the Raptors pick. Yeah, right now they have the Clippers pick, which is sitting at 25, because oh. Toronto's currently sitting at 21. So, there you go. yeah. So they that's will, what Trevor's worse. Yeah, Orlando's going to get the, the, the worst of the two. So, first off, I don't think we really need to say who won this trade. I think just Orlando was trying to get some value back for Serge Ibaka because he was know, an expired contract. Just, Sean, I know you have some feelings about how the Magic have done things in recent history. I would just like you to frame this and— Remember how did Serge? How did he get down to uh, Orlando? Well, first off, I mean, if you want to take the broad scope scope of these trades, you pretty much traded Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo, and Demontis Sabonis for Terrence Ross and a 2017 first rounder. That's rough. And that's outside of the, the lottery too. So you traded a lottery pick and Sabonis for a 2017 first rounder, which is going to be like 25, and then Terrence Ross for Tobias Harris and Victor Oladipo. That's bad. You had 10 starters in the Orlando Magic. It was a bad move. You had no offense. Terrence Ross might be able to bring you some offense, but he's got a lot of athleticism, hasn't been able to really turn that into a ton of scoring, but has been behind DeMar DeRozan. I don't think we need to say who who won this trade. We all know that Toronto won this trade because you're yeah. boosting your team. You needed a power forward position, and you get one of the guys that you know can stretch the floor, can play defense, a guy that's been a fourth option before and, and can really be a, a, a great player for you, but is it enough to push them over the Cavs? I, I love the move, and I think that this matchup that they this matchup that they've added to this team of Serge Ibaka is huge, and I think it does help improve their odds of being able to take on Cleveland in a series. What it does is it improves the spacing on the floor, and like you said, they get a reliable scorer who knows his spot. He's not your primary scorer. He, he's a great second, third option, and that's what he'll be on this team because you do have Lowry. You do have uh, DeMar DeRozan, so he's what he's going to get is a lot. as well. Valanchunas, but it that's like a nightly question because when they run through Valanchunas, it works, but same time, like it's not an every night option because it's a black hole of offense at that point. Just want to say, man, I'm just mentioning him. Fair enough. Give, give, give the big some credit. Uh, but no, like what what I'm thinking is this team where you know Demar's offense is that mid range game, and when he drives into lane and slashes, we're gonna see Serge Ibaka gain some wide open looks, and he's already having his best offensive year. Well. About his best offensive year, I can say. Uh, he's shooting 38% from three and 48% from two. Uh, he has really, really had a good year. Unfortunately, it's been for the Orlando Magic, and so no one's been paying attention to him, and that's fair. But, again, you're still getting a guy who is you know, right in his prime, who is one of the best defenders at the uh, four in the NBA right now, which helps that matchup with Kevin Love, if healthy, come mm-hmm. playoff time. 
And I think that uh, even Al Horford, you know, we talked a little bit about Celtics before the show and how they'd probably see that matchup as well if it came down to it. But I think this stabilizes the core for Toronto this year and almost guarantees them, like, hey, we're legit. We took you late, late into a series last time. We're going to do it again. And I think this time they've got a really, really good shot at it. Well, I mean, the thing for me is, of course, does this help the Raptors? Duh. It, it doesn't make the them Raptors. worse. <laughs> but it's one of the things where I still feel like in my mind I'm giving the nod to I would maybe put a Celtic Cavs Eastern Conference Finals. Like if I had to predict it right now, I would still say the Celtics and the Cavaliers because a the Cavaliers are the most complete team in the East, and they have the best player in the. I don't NBA. think you have to make the cast. Really? I don't think you have to make the case for the most the complete team. They I got no about. bench. I mean, besides, in the East. do you need no do you need a bench to win in the East? No, you only need about yeah. seven players. Yeah. You don't need a bench to yeah. win these. And so as you got soon two off as, the bench. as soon as they get guys coming back that are healthy, they staple some people together. Continue. Right. Talk now. Okay. The Celtics, though, on the other hand, they're playing hot right now. I mean, we mentioned before the podcast, Dave was like, well, who expected IT to score 29 a night? Yeah. But but he is. And the thing with the Celtics is I think that this move is one of those where it's like, okay, the Raptors added something. How is this move going to create a ripple effect? And does this now force the Celtics to make a move because they think, up oh, the Raptors are coming for us. Well, I think the one thing that it, it kind of, the, the one thing going against the Celtics is you have the number one, right, well, what it is right now with odds, you have the best chance to have the number one draft pick in the uh, in the NBA draft coming up. And with the possibility of getting a guy like Fultz, getting a guy like Alonzo Ball, whoever you do go with, I think it's tough for them to make a move because the move they need to make is pretty much another superstar. Or, you know, you know, we always throw out Jimmy Butler. You need you need a third head there because mm-hmm. you have Al Horford, you have Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley's been banged up, but Avery Bradley, if that guy's your fourth option, I mean, that's going to be ridiculous. I mean, obviously the name that's been thrown out there a ton has been Jimmy Butler, the Celtics. You so. need a guy that can take over the game if... It can't. Yeah, and that's the. It can't go left. And, yeah. and you need a. And I think off the bench you need scoring because Marcus Smart, while fantastic as he is, I mean mm-hmm. Bill Simmons de- defines him as a gamer. Uh, you know, if 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 you need someone to def- defend their star uh, in the last ten minutes, you want Marcus Smart out there. Even if he goes one for fifteen from from you know taking the last game winner shots or game tying shots, it doesn't matter because you think it's going in every time. Hmm. Like that's that's the one thing. But you need scoring off the bench because when Bradley comes in, you're going to need scoring off that bench for for the. Uh, for the Celtics, but even the addition to Jalen Brown to the starting lineup has really been a, a kick in the ass for for the Celtics. So I think right now the Celtics are fine, and I don't think they're going to hit that panic button because they have so much they can work with. And it's really this upcoming offseason that's the biggest thing because I think with what the Celtics can bring in, I think they're just trying to play the war of attrition. Ainge has kind of been doing that because he look at that trade for that really gave him that Nets pick. He knew that the Nets were going to fall. He's not rushing to well, get a championship contender. He is waiting for the right moment. They're in an interesting spot. You look at the Raptors, who they go out, they make the trade for Surge. It's a trade where we know what we were missing last year. God forbid if Velachunas goes down again with an injury, mm-hmm. we don't want to be missing that. Yeah, I mean, we, there's no Bismarck beyond building. We, we need a big, up. yeah. The savior is, and they could have made, they could have squeezed Stop. him in in the Stop. deal. Stop. He Stop. is in Orlando, Stop. but Stop. getting surge, no. they're a team where it's like, hey, you know what? We need this piece. We're going for it. We got to contend with the Cavs. The Celtics are in this weird, weird middle ground where it's like we're going for it now, but we're not going for it now. 
we're going for it now, but but we've got picks and we're going to build for the future. And with the Raptors, I just have a weird feeling of, is it going to come down to, with, is Surge going to make them better? It's going to be them, the Celtics, the Wizards, beat the crap out of each other just to kind of jock for position behind the Cavs. And the Cavs are waiting there in the Eastern Conference Finals for whoever out of the three that they don't play in the second round. Right. We're just waiting for them, and then boom, they go to the finals. Yeah, I, I think I think looking at this this whole thing with with the Celtics, with the Raptors, with the Wizards now putting their their name in there, I think I think we have four teams at the East that can at least either will we'll compete against the Cavs or at least will be. Are the Wizards going to stay hot though? But I, I still think that they've proven that they can be a team that can you know be up there in the top four. I, I think that yes, this streak is is ridiculous, but I, I don't think it's something that it's like unexpected. I think that you know they might fall back down to earth and go mm-hmm. like you know, but consistently be winning games still. I don't think this is like a, a spurt like the Heat where the Heat are going to come crashing down. But I, I look at the Wizards. I think this is something that can at least be sustainable. So I look at those four teams as, as your thing, and it's really the Raptors need to get out of that that bottom slot so they don't face the Cavs in the second yeah, round. Yeah, they need to be either the second or the third team. Yeah, and and looking at this, I think I think this Abaka move, while Dave mentioned it, it's going to help spread out the floor for for DeRozan to really work in that mm-hmm. mid range game. Valanciunas can work a little bit down low. Abaka doesn't really need to stay in one position. I mean, he's a guy that's pretty athletic and go to the hoop. You know, try to crash the boards. He's a guy that can play great de- defense. Yeah. Can be a guy that pr- can protect the rim. So I look at this, and, and the one thing you did say is that his numbers are up offensively, but his, this is also the most usage he's ever seen in the NBA Correct. season. I expect so, to see that slide a little bit back down to reality. Yeah, now that he's no longer the number one option on a team with ten starters. Exactly. I think I think the thing though with Abaka is. If he can have a season like 2013, 2014, 2015, around there, where he was shooting around 38% when he goes to the Raptors, because right now he's shooting around that mark right yep. now. If he can go over to the Raptors, you know, shoot around 38%, be a guy that's averaging around you know two blocks per game, which is what he was doing back in OKC, if he can do that, this yeah. Raptors team is going to be scary because we see the, the difference that Caleb's truly making on well, the Cavs. And when he's healthy, yep. which I don't know if he's going to be. I, th- I think I think this, this He's projected to be back and get a little bit of playing time in mm-hmm. before the playoffs, but it depends on how how he recovers. But also the surgery, it's more of a thing that you can play with this. Like you, right. you The arthroscopic knee surgery that he is getting – Guys usually wait to the end of the season. K Love is more of well, I want to be at a hundred percent, my mm-hmm. best K Love that I can be going into the playoffs. So I think I think this injury isn't going to be too damaging to the Cavs. It's just more of can Abaka effectively defend K Love. Well, out just there? to highlight that matchup, uh, they've already played each other three times a season: the Cavs and the Raptors. K Love dropped uh, twenty-eight and fourteen in the first matchup, uh, nineteen and thirteen in the second matchup, and eighteen and ten in the third. So again, he has been one of the biggest problems for this Raptors team because they didn't have an answer at the four. Mm. Now they've got an answer. Now they've got one of the best defensive answers at the four. So and Caleb again should be good, but we'll see. I think this is a huge advantage to the Raptors, and I think this was their like, hey, you know what? We're gonna go out there and we're gonna take away one of your biggest, you know, knocks on us, and we're gonna be able to go shot for shot with you with Demar Derozan, who's gonna come back healthy. Again, fingers crossed. Uh, that's why I hate like the NBA mm-hmm. season is very health dependent when we come to the playoffs. So hopefully they come in healthy and we get a great matchup. But I mean, Kyle Lowry's been playing phenomenally on his own. Mm. Demar's gonna come back healthy, and with Serge, 
That is that is a dirty team, and I think that they match up extremely well with this Cavs. And I think team. now the biggest thing that you know that with the Cavs versus the Raptors, but you're not counting off the Celtics. But no, just, but this, this is, is the, the way Raptors. out the East is the Rap well, is, but, is the Cavaliers. I'm sorry, but but also I mean this is a Raptor centric topic. So yeah. I mean I know Riley's going to get mm-hmm. butt hurt that we're not talking about the Celtics. It's just more Bring of it. we're talking about the Raptors right now. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. the thing with the Raptors is now with the surge, you have surge going up against K Love. You have Tristan Thompson versus uh, Valanciunas. You have Kyle Lowry versus. Kyrie Irving, and then DeMar DeRozan versus, which I mean, maybe they'll put LeBron over, but most likely it's going to be uh, Kyle, or, Kyle Korver yeah. or JR. Yeah. And then now I think the biggest matchup, though, is going to be LeBron James and Damari Carroll. The reason that Toronto got him was because of Carroll's performance against LeBron in that Atlanta series. Way back. Way back in, what was that, 2014, 2015, something around there? Yeah, um, sounds right. He has not been the same player. He's been pretty bad and he's been banged up as well but he's been pretty bad coming over to Toronto so if he can find some of that magic I think it's going to be a very very interesting series but then again you know we have we're, we're a little bit far out well and the thing I also think that this plays into is now with Serge Ibaka on this team mm-hmm. if this team either can't beat the Cavs or loses before they get to the Cavs I think the odd man out is not a player it's Casey Dwayne Casey, it's I know that they call. just signed a deal that runs through the 2018-19 season, but to me, maybe it's not the end of this year. Maybe it could be the end of two years into this three-year deal, but now with Surge on that team with all of us blowing smoke up the Toronto butthole. I think I think we'll, it's one of those things where if you can't get the job done, we're getting ready and we're getting a coach. Well, I think camp. we want to root for the underdog because, you know, Ricky brought this up uh previously today. It was just Parody in the NBA is one of there the, is no parody. The, there, there is no parody. So when we have a team that's pointing up what seems to be mm-hmm. a competitive roster that matches up extremely well with the the number one team in the NBA, I I want to root for the underdog. I want to see this matchup, and I really want to think that Toronto can take it. Do you want to well, know why this deal will not help them overcome the Cavs? I do because Serge Ibaka is not Kevin Durant. Ooh. It's not a big three kind of signing. It's not a big three kind of a trade. You're not getting, in this NBA, because there's no parity, if you don't have a super team, you don't have a shot. And that's it. But, we had we have Ky, Kyrie, K-Love, and LeBron on one side completely owning the East, and we've got the mega team in the West. And the only team that can the compete Quattro. with that mega team, in my eyes, is the Spurs, but they're a team that's been built for years. They've been built on a run going for years. I don't think the Spurs can even touch. I think the Warriors have the clearest path out of any team. I think, I think if anything, it's it's the Raptors have now kind of put their foot in the door, as well as the Celtics, but I think I think the Raptors just match up better early. Would one I through love five. the Cavs to lose before the finals? But, but you don't say, Rick. You're, not, you're not a fan of the Cavs. But, but the thing is... <laughs> rivalries, Dave, that run deep with me. The thing is, yeah. is though, is... is, is Elo. If, remember that. Craig Elo. The thing is, is if... if Casey, I mean, not Casey, because I'll, I'll go to Casey real quick because mm-hmm. you brought it up. If Damari Carroll can step up and, and you have him it's being able to slow down, it's a big if the way he's been performing, but he's done it before. Yeah. If he can slow down LeBron James, and I, I think that Kyrie Irving versus Kyle Lowry could be a very interesting matchup, I'll take easily DeMar DeRozan over uh, J.R. Smith or Kyle Korver because Korver can't play defense. Can't no, play the defense, defense for a lick. Is, this is the Korver. But at the same yeah, time, he he's defense. been shooting. He's just 
over fifty percent. There's eleven players that have ever shot over fifty percent from three, and they're all pretty much no namers except for Steve Kerr. Um, <laughs> well, and Detlef Shrimp did it in like one hundred and eighty-one tries. Really, what yeah. he's doing can't at the pace, the shrimp. No, but what, but what I'm more saying is, is the pace he's doing it. Not a lot of people have done it, and those people that have done it are like Steve Kerr and like Jason well, Capona one year. And the thing I want to mention about the Carroll point is. Is this now something where we're looking back? Is it Carroll who it's like, what are you doing? You can't do it. Or was this, oh, this is what he did against LeBron in the button hoser offense and our defense in Atlanta. He comes over to Dwayne Casey's system and he can't do the same but, thing. But That's also, a fair question. But also health as well. Because well, he know, was banged yeah. up last year, hasn't been able to really come back to it. But I, I think it's a fair question. I'm also just but at what point do you, you know, let, him, let that off the hook? Because, I mean, you can use health as an excuse for all time but it's just like dude at some point you have to live up to our expectations and that's that's one of the things where i think damari carroll uh, i think you're right it's he he performed really great and he earned that contract coming off the atlanta series but i i just think that that's kind of going to be the the sticking point of the series because i'm sorry we've seen lebron go off on the the uh golden state warriors and take over an entire series on his own like solo mm-hmm. just dude i got this and i feel like putting all that on damari carroll like there's no way you can, if you bring him down to reality, which is I'm talking like the mm-hmm. LeBron average 27, yeah. 7, and 7, like that'd be probably an okay performance. Well, that was the, that's the one thing. That's what really made Kawhi a superstar. That's why he won the finals MVP because he was able to bring down LeBron. But the, yeah. the thing that I just want to say is that, you know, I'm, I'm still saying there's no parity in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the NBA. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying no, if there is a our, shot. We've got our Cavs Warriors tickets I th- ready. I think if there is a hope, it is in, it's lying in the hands of t- the Toronto Raptors. I think Boston is a team that's going to be there for longer. I just think just the way that that team's built, yeah. just the way that Ainge just built that, I think they have a longer window, but the Raptors' window right now is a little bit cracked more open just because they're not relying solely on Isaiah Thomas to put up 29 points. Lowry can put up that th- th- those points numbers now. DeMar DeRozan, when he comes back healthy, he's obviously been doing that. You look at Valanciunas, he's been able to take some offensive load. He's a great rebounder, and now adding Ibaka, it just makes this easier, and, and yep. it makes you more of a, a, a deeper team. So I, I just think that this move is, is super smart. I love it. Uh, for, 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 from Toronto. And the one thing, too, is they wanted to get him during the draft, and the asking price was ridiculous. They waited. Now you're just getting him for Terrence Ross and a first-round draft pick. So mm-hmm. I think it was a super smart move. But just to go back to Joey mm-hmm. Casey just real quick because I wasn't able to touch upon him. Uh, I, I I agree with you. I think last year— It's only year, a three-year deal. I think I, I don't know if it's, this is going to be the reason, but if it comes down to— all right. Because the biggest knock on him is is his play calling in the final minutes and mm-hmm. just his really decision making in the final minutes. So looking at that, if he is the reason why, if he calls some like jank ass play, kind of like what Fred Hoiberg did with the, the the Celtics and Bulls last night, pretty much calling an ISO for Jimmy when Jimmy doesn't attack Got the, the ba- Okay, Rick, just let me finish. Jimmy doesn't start attacking the basket with five seconds left, so he gets the ball with twelve, goes in with five, and then gets a, a, a late foul call. I get it, Ricky. He gets Got a late. He gets a late foul call, um, but the thing is, is just like it, 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 you need to call something that there's there's more at. You have a great shooter in Demar Derozan. I think I think there could be uh, blame put on Dwayne Casey. I think I think we were all kind of questioning that contract when it was signed, but it, it's really left to be unsaid. The one thing that's really going to play into this is, of course, we haven't been able to actually see Serge play with the Raptors. I was really hoping that we'd get to see him play against the Bulls because I think the trade was done right before that game. But 
We're going to see them after the All-Star break, and it'll clear our minds a little bit of what to expect after we actually see him play with this Raptor team. Well, I mean, you, you, you said the magic death word there for the, the, the North right there. The Bulls. If that matchup happens. Or the I mean, kryptonite. The red kryptonite for we the North. I mean, could, could it happen? Ricky, I'm just going to let you tinfoil hat this be well, right now. I'm just saying. I'm just going to throw it out there. You're welcome. If the Bulls get matched up against the Raptors, we could beat them. And the Celtics, we get if we get them in the second round... We go Easter Conference Finals, and we are 2-0 and against the Cavs. Sean's dying right now. You guys don't. I'm not saying we're going to the Finals, you guys but, but we get but swept by the Warriors. I'm we saying, get swept by the Warriors. I'm saying, are you guys done? <laughs> Didn't the Nets get swept? Like It would be worse than that Finals when the Nets got swept. Are you guys done? I think yeah, we're done. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> that's going to wrap up the Raptors talk. But let's move on now to the NBA trade deadline. And, and specifically, we're going to be talking about will a superstar be moved? Because last year we were talking about DeMarcus Cousins uh, pretty much to the end. Dwight Howard was mentioned in, in those trade talks. Uh, nothing really came to fruition there. But what we do want to talk about is will a superstar be moved this year? You know, usually a lot of talk, but usually the the, the movings really happen mm-hmm. in, in free agency, and you got to look at more of expiring contracts. And I don't have too much hope that a, a superstar will be moved. Uh, but out there, you got Melo, Demarcus Cousins is always there, even though he's saying he wants to stay. Uh, Anthony De- Davis is on the shit team. I doubt he gets moved though. Jimmy Butler's out there. Is there a superstar that you think and, and could kind of rationalize that he might be moved? I want to lean towards Carmelo Anthony just because the Knicks continue to dumpster fire themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think Phil Jackson, uh, in all honesty, needs to remove anyone who has a large media presence around them uh, in order to kind of rebuild this team quietly. I think that's the best way he can do this. And, and unfortunately, you're not going to get equal value back for Carmelo Anthony. It's just not there right now. Everyone in the league knows, you know, his situation and everything going around with the Knicks. But at the same time, I think that he still is a huge piece to any team looking for a wonderful score and someone who has really good experience as far as playing with the top talent. Like he's he's a all, perennial All Star, Olympics guy. Like he knows how to shine. Mm-hmm. The problem is that he's never been able to get his team all the way there. And I think if you pair him up on a team, and this is the other caveat is that he has no trade clause, so you have to pair him up with a team that he actually wants to play for. And that that's where lies the problem. And the I, Clippers. Well, I think they're the, like they're the best choice of anyone we've talked about because we've mentioned it before. The Clippers are fine not giving up, or the Knicks are fine not taking in a CP3, a Blake Griffin, or a DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, you can trade pieces to get a mellow because to me, if I'm the Clippers. I got to make a run because the Warriors are the mega team. And Mm. am I saying that Carmelo Anthony is going to help you beat the Warriors? No, I'd still take the Warriors. But if I'm the Clippers, I have to do anything possible to at least get somewhere in the playoffs. If I can get to the conference finals, if I can get to the second round, I'll be happy. <laughs> See, but I think I think the one thing, though, is, is that does Melo actually want to go? I mean, we keep saying that, but would Melo want to go to L.A.? I mean, the reason why he signed this contract in the first place because he wanted to stay in New York. And now it seems like, you know, with the whole Phil Jackson stuff, is that he just wants to spite Phil Jackson and say, well, you gave me the no-trade clause, I'm staying here. If you don't bet, no, no matter how badly you want to move me, 
I'm going to do this because you've been treating me like crap. You've been talking like you just been talking consistently down about me in, mm-hmm. in, in the media. You've been tanking my kind of brand and reputation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to play in the city that I want to play in. And recently, Melo's been going off. I mean, do Mel- you feel like he's trying to knock Phil out of town by by forcing his hand on this one? I don't know if he's trying to force him out of town because I don't know how much really pull Melo has. And it, it, if he's got a no trade clause and he's refusing to let, get out of town, but it's let's, also let's be honest though, a Dolan Mello, run franchise. Melo's not going to push Phil out of town because James Dolan ain't going to want to pay Phil. If he if Dolan fires Phil, he's got to pay Phil the remaining years. I'm saying Phil might just has. get frustrated and leave. No. Phil Jackson will not leave because he knows if he leaves, he loses all that money. To me, if Phil I'm Melo, to answer your question, Sean, if I'm Melo and mm-hmm. the Knicks come to me, if, if the Lakers, or not the Lakers, if the, the Knicks come and say we have a deal with the Clippers, here's what it is. If I'm Melo, I'm saying, cool, sign off on it right away. Because A, you're going to L.A., yeah. which is, except, huge for, media market. except for today, today was the day it rained in California. Yeah, one usually of the two during the year. Usually it's great fucking weather. You're going to the best team in L.A., better than the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. And then you get a 15% trade kicker, which is cha-ching, cha-ching, a little bit more money to go play for a team that's actually going to play in the playoffs. But the thing with that is, is like, I mean, again, it's, it's just does Melo want to do this? I mean, I think... I, Melo looking, wants the money. I, I think, that's what he proved. Well, I think the L.A. is at least a better option for him than Boston. I think Boston. I'll, I'll, and no offense to Boston, but well, do you think you it's want, better playoff wise, or do you think it's just better like then? That's where I disagree because I think thing. I think it's city. I think it's a better fit for him, his family, who he obviously cares about because that's one of the leading mm-hmm. reasons why he decided mm-hmm. to go to New York in the first place. His wife loves New York, exactly. But LA is a close second, if not. I mean, personal opinion, I know everybody loves their own city. Yeah, but like as far as media markets, it's one two. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're both yeah. huge. New York, LA, and Chicago. So yeah, it, it's just one of those things where I think that. Things line up for him right to go to L.A. I think he's still going to run to the wall, and I don't see the Clippers being able to beat out the Golden State Warriors in the <laughs> not, final. Not even, or the, on not the, even the, the Warriors. they got to handle the Spurs, too. Well, the Spurs would be a, <laughs> an interesting matchup adding Melo. I, I honestly think that makes them a scarier team, but I think that mm-hmm. him going to Boston would be a smarter move if he wants to compete because then you go one-on-one with uh, LeBron James. Yeah, and but... That, that's a fun... I want I want that to happen. See, see but ever since they were drafted, what, what it, was, would, it was destined to be. What would kill your ego more, running into the Warriors and be able to say, you know what, they're just the best team on the planet, or running against LeBron and just being like... Dude, since they came in the league, it's been that I wanted that rivalry, and I want to watch it happen. Yeah, but, but they don't have the rivalry. That, see, I know they're they're friends, they're whatever. But, Dave, but like, like that's you can't biggest, tell me when they're on the court for forty eight minutes, they ain't going at it all that's, out. That's the biggest problem with today's NBA. Oh. I don't see those rivalries. You don't see it. The funeral game. Well, you don't. You <laughs> don't know, just... see it like you used to when we were kids. No, no, and I think that's. That part of that scheduling, part of that is just I'm the not, culture. And also parity as well. Yeah, I mean, how you, how you come off all hard when, you know, there's two teams who are going to yeah. win. Yeah. Two teams in three years, and they're going to match up every time. But, I mean, if I'm mellow, if the Lakers are... I Clippers. keep getting the Lakers in my head. I well, that's because you Knicks. want the it's Lakers. Eric, no, it's Eric Bledsoe, keep, Eric... Uh, I keep thinking oh, no. Knicks and saying that Lakers. If the Knicks come and say, <laughs> hey, we got a deal worked out with the Clippers, I go. And it's because of what David mentioned. The markets are the same. Yep. I mean, I know one's technically one and one's technically two, but they're both fantastic honest, places. Let's to live. be honest, LA is kind of the same as New York, except it doesn't snow. I think it was different. There's it's a little nicer city. Differences there. It's a little nicer of a city than New York. 
LA's not that nice. LA's kind of a trashy talking place about, as talking well. Talking about the weather, Sean. Okay, weather only, yeah, but I mean, they're both fucking I'll, dumpsters. I'll, I'll go where the, shun, the, the, the sun thing, The one thing, though, <laughs> is, and getting back on Carmelo, is yep. it, arguing between New York and, and LA when we're fucking in Chicago. Yep. Uh, it's uh, The thing is is that just recently looking at what Melo has been doing. Statistically? And really since, I mean, I want to say since, what was that? Uh, since February 6th, I mean, the fucking Knicks are, of course, one and four, but you have a win over the Spurs, which is weird, but 30 points, 25 points, 33 points, 28 points, 26 points. His last game shot six to seven from three. He's been on fire. I mean, he's been just hitting over, I believe, around 50% from three, mm-hmm. ab- above 50% from the field. He's just been absolutely on fire. And I think the one thing, though, that this proves is, I don't know if it proves it, but the one thing is that with Boston and the argument against him going to Boston is, I just don't think he would work in that culture because Boston is is a thing where, and maybe it's just because they haven't had this player yet, but IT is the guy there. And really, I don't see... It working well with another guy. Well, uh, with, 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 if Melos comes in, he wants to be the guy, and I don't think see, it wants to give that up. And I don't think Boston fans would want to be like be very accepting to Melo becoming their guy. I don't know if it's really Melo wanting to come in and saying, "Boom, I'm the guy." But I look over at the Clippers and I go, I look at CP3 and I go, "Hey, I'm going to be not taking a player option at the end of this year. Fuck it, let's go for this guy. He's been going really hot. I like him." I, I'm a friend of his. Let's go for it. Let's get him. Let's make this team better. And it doesn't matter if I'm the one, he's the one, you're the one, as long as we're winning. But that's the thing. The Clippers don't have, like, that guy. I mean, like, CP3 is a f- ridiculous, phenomenal player. I don't want to put him down. But mm-hmm. at least scoring-wise, he's not, like, that guy. I mean, he's not a guy like Carmelo who can put up around 30 a game. Blake Griffin's a guy that's inconsistent. He's, he's injured. We see him, you know, develop and have a lot to his game. But he's a guy that's, you know, really, he's, he hasn't really been able to really just, take that next level as a, a scorer. It just adds to the argument that the Clippers are the best fit. I, I no, I, I think I, that's why I, I, mm-hmm. I was saying Boston. I don't think is a fit, and I don't yeah. think he's going to end up going to LA. I don't see a Carmelo trade happening because I don't think there's going to be enough value for the Knicks. I don't think Carmelo really wants to leave, and I think he wants to spite Phil Jackson. I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Carmelo talk is just never going to actually come to fruition. I think it's just talk, 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 and nothing's ever going to come up to uh, up to anything. I think the one guy that is interesting though is Paul George. Because he's just came out and said that he doesn't want to really talk with the Indiana Pacers about contract signing. He wants to play for a winner. Yeah. And Larry Bird also said that he doesn't want to trade him. So I don't think a trade will be happening here. But, I mean, maybe this is something where Larry Bird gets desperate or Larry Bird just realizes that nothing's going to come to fruition. I mean, he doesn't need to trade him. It's not like Paul George's contract expiring. But if we're talking about superstars, I think Paul George is a guy to definitely watch because I don't think Carmelo is going to happen. Paul George, I think, definitely has a possibility. I think it has more of a possibility than Carmelo. Because mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have the ability to say no. Unless someone's coming up to me and saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give you multiple first round picks and this and that for Paul George. The Pacers can just say, Larry Bird and the Pacers can say, fuck it, we're keeping you. And the 2018 2019 season is when we'll think about yeah. trading you because they've got um, two more years after this. Yeah, I think that Paul George, what he came out and said was. Something that I love to hear because it it's somebody who's actually stepping out and going, I'd rather play for a winner than get paid and lose a bunch of games. And that's the attitude I always like to hear because I'm sorry, the NBA, again, it's just one of those like there's guys who actually are, and not to say like ring chasers are my heroes because mm-hmm. fuck those guys too. But Well, yeah, you got a James Jones poster in your room. Of course, of course. But it, it's one of those things I can kind of respect <laughs> because this is a franchise who this year was just 
we expectations we are mm-hmm. they're the number two they're the number four seed in the east well yeah. the number two expectations on that's what i'm saying table. Okay. number two to four that's we all okay. had them yeah of top four in the east coming into the season and they completely just didn't show up like every guy who was supposed to be a great fit for this team pieces weren't in place at the right time different guys peaked at different points everybody slumped um i mean it's just like this is a super inconsistent team, and well, and they are, they do have a new like head a six coach. game win streak too. That's what I'm saying. It's it, it's there's no consistency because mm-hmm. they'll lose five, they'll win six, and it's just it's one way or the other. And yeah, it's just so frustrating but to watch do, this team. And I think he's frustrated playing with it because well, he can't count on his teammates. You have one bright spot in the future, uh, Miles Turner, mm-hmm. who is is absolutely legitimate, but. After that, we we went out on a limb and spent a lot, bunch of money at free agency. Here's, We're going to get guys who are veterans who are going to win us the, now. The one thing, though, about them being inconsistent is since January 16th, won two straight, then lost three straight, then won seven straight, and then lost seven straight now. So, I mean, they've been mm-hmm. completely back and forth. Here's yeah. the thing I want to throw out, and this is kind of putting the the what Paul George said onto him, mm-hmm. is because of the new CBA, because of when his contract ends up, it's going to be interesting to see if when Paul George's contract expires, will it be, oh, so you're going to take less money to go win a championship? Are you going to say, well, you know, this is how the CBA is. I want my money. Could be I'm to the tune mo- of about $50 million. And I'm going to get more money for staying than leaving. And then everyone goes, oh, I, th- I thought you didn't want to stay here. And that's what this is. We see, and I know this is a different little conversation. I'll just say it and we can get back to the trading. Mm-hmm. But it goes to the parity point of... The CBA, Kevin Durant happens. What happens in the CBA? You get more money for staying than you do leaving. And it's going to be interesting with Paul George. That's why maybe they don't even trade him because they put it up and say, oh, fine, go take less money. Right, go, right, right. Go take less money. Oh, yeah, that's right. You want money. Here you go. That's the thing. I don't think that any deal is going to be struck up for Carmelo. I don't think any deal is going to be struck up for Paul George. I don't think any deal is going to be struck up for DeMarcus Cousins. If there Throw is, out a superstar out there, well, even Jimmy Butler. Well, I don't that's think, what I was going to say. I don't think if any there, of them is going to happen. If there is, the one that I think the highest percent chance that has happening is a Jimmy trade because of— How are you going to sell tickets to the United the, Center? The turmoil— it's the, got Dwayne. The turmoil in that— the turmoil in that locker room, it's Jimmy is a Thibodeau guy, and he's already riffing with management. Am I saying it's going to happen? No, I'm not saying that, oh, Jimmy's getting traded tomorrow. But out of all of the Paul George, Mello, Derek Rose, I mean, Jimmy's the one. I mean, Boogie's another one we mentioned at the top of the topic. But right. I, I think Jimmy's the most logical one that I could sit there and go, yeah, I could see that one happening. And that's just that's that's gonna be on a whim of Garpax too, and that's a shady thing to well, know. Well, it's really Boston. It's what I've, does Boston want to give up for him? Because Boston doesn't want to give up all their well, assets. Well, you mentioned it earlier. You know, with Toronto making mm-hmm. the move to get Serge Ibaka, do you feel like the, the pressure's Boston on? Has to. I think they got they got to do something. However, if I'm the Bulls, I'm I'm getting if it's me, I'm getting one of your picks this year and a pick. I'm getting that Nets pick this year and your pick next year. Again, and Boston's not going to want to do that. Again, though, like I said, I don't think Boston is in a rush. I don't think Boston is like panicking. Like, oh my God, what if we don't win the East this year? Oh my God, what if we don't make I'm the finals? Say, I'm I don't not think saying they're panicking. they're panicking, but it no, is but something. Don't you want to run roll with the heater? I mean, if you have Isaiah Thomas having a career year, something that you know hasn't been done a whole ton, and you've got him under contract for the end of next year. I think that kind of, you know, you I, start thinking. But like we said, I think they have a longer window. I, they have the longer window. They have the but opportunity when you got to hit that chance. That could be vulnerable. You could have a, mm-hmm. an injured Cavs team who doesn't have any depth. 
You have a team with the Raptors. But are they who, really injured? I mean, K-Love's out, but he's not really suffering that. Oh, we don't that know. From, and JR is going to come back. You have K-Love, you have JR. But, but the thing is about that injury, it's not like a huge knee surgery. Yeah. It's literally something I mean, that's just like they're cleaning up stuff. Yep. Yeah, but he's you making, don't know he's, how he's going to come back from it. And you but, don't know but, if anyone else on the team could get injured. But it's safe to say the way that everybody else has come back from it, it's not like an ACL. It's not like no. he's not going to have trust in his knee. It's just literally something small that's a clean up. I don't look at the Cavs as banged up and injured. I look at, really, it's more of... I think this year I would see them as banged up. Not really. I mean, you have JR, and that's the biggest thing, but then you have to add Kyle Korver, and then you're just going to have JR back, and you have to rush him back in the lineup. And then K-Love, that's not really that big of an injury. I, I think we're just... I think you see surgery and out for six weeks. Six weeks isn't that long of a time for a surgery. And it's the, the arthroscopic knee surgery, it's nothing but that's going to limit has, his mobility. It's, it's just something that's to clean of, it up. If you're taking that long off the court, it's How long is it going to take to build where, back up? Well, not not just to build up, but to get a feel back. I know it's not something where it's like, oh, you're going to lose it forever, but it's one of those things where there's going to be an adjustment when you come off of being off the court for, but, what was it, how many months did you say? Six weeks. Six or six weeks. So There's barely, still, barely a month. But you're still that, off like the two. court. Okay. For, you're still yeah. off the court for six weeks. But he's going to be able to rehab pretty much after a month. He's going to be able to start shooting. He's going to still have a time to play in the regular season, and mm-hmm. he's going to have a first round, which is going to be four games for him to get back into it. But and also, then really in the second gonna round, be, that's going to be the only time that he's going to need to be trying, and then he's going to have to try for round two, three, and so the finals. Here's my thing to that though, and it's yeah, shoot around. Okay, he is getting better with himself, that's different than playing in a game. And, oh, wait, when yeah, you Yeah, but come, he's still going to have regular yeah, season no, games to do that. But when you come back, those regular season games, everyone's in playoff mode. And it's not the same kind of game that we're playing right now. Everyone's in more increased minutes on the starter side. Nobody's watching their minutes and you're trying to pad stats. It's Unless you're coasting. We're in playoff mode. But but then again, I, I don't have the Cavs schedule pulled up right now. I don't know how hard their, their last right. schedule. They could be playing the fucking Sixers twice. The thing is, is though, just with K-Love, it's not like it's a guy that's freshly coming off an injury. It's not a guy no, that's... I think it's... That he's he's a, a veteran. It's a guy that's been there before. He knows how to rehab. He knows how to get back. I'm not that worried about this banged up Cavs team. I mean, JR is Andrews probably... can the, happen at any time. Yeah, injuries can happen at any time. And, and if look, you have look one at, of the hottest look, players yeah. in the NBA, don't you want to go for But look at the 2015-2014 finals or whatever. I mean... Kyrie and K-Love go down in the same series, flip LeBron's it, fucked. Flip it this way. That's what I'm saying. Let me flip it this way. If but that's Boston, in the finals. Let's, it could happen anytime. Let's forget, let's forget going up against the Cavs. You're three games back of the Cavs. You're telling me if you add Jimmy Butler to that team, this Celtics team can't make a but run how much and are you maybe giving get up? first place? But how much are you no, giving up? I know. Up? That's the thing. I'm, just, I'm going more on the Dave's point of making a run, and this could be a— Fuck it, let's go for the one seed. We're only three games I back. I think it's completely unnecessary. I think Danny Ainge is not in a rush to make a move. I don't think he's thinking this is the year. I think he's seeing Isaiah Thomas is a guy that he has for one more year. He's going to have Markel Fultz or Malonzo Ball next year. He's going to have Al Horford in another year, another time to get acclimated. You're going to have Gordon Hayward as a free agent. You can make a play there. You're going to have a lot of money. I look at this Boston team, and I think next year is the year that they're going to say, all right, this is the time we make mm-hmm. a big move because then you will have players like possibly Gordon Hayward, possibly Jimmy Butler if you do pull off that trade in, in the offseason. Uh, you'll have Al Horford, who's been there in Boston now for a year. Isaiah Thomas, I don't 
don't think he's going to slow down next year. I don't think this nope. is going to be like he's going to come to a crash here. And then you're going to have scoring off the bench. Avery Bradley is going to be healthy, and then you have Marcus Smart. I, I think this is uh, the Celtics team that's not ready to hit, like worry or be like, well, what if what if we don't do it this See, year? But, and that's why I'm not saying it's worry. But on the flip side, if you did get Jimmy, you get Jimmy and it. For basically this year, next year. Then if IT leaves, okay, that's fine. Move Marcus Smart. He's now your starter, and you get Jimmy for two more years. But then Jimmy, how, would, Jimmy would take his player option. But then you're giving up that number one pick, and then you're getting Jimmy. I, it's one of those things of I don't know. Fult, Fultz or Ball coming in day one is not going to be the same as getting Jimmy Butler. No, but you'll have him for longer, and they might end up being better than Jimmy Butler down the road. Might. But how is that? Yeah, might. it's a huge—it's always might it's, with rookies, it's a and might. we know what Jimmy it's a Butler might. is. But then again, you're getting the number one pick, and you don't just get those randomly. No, and but most I mean, of those guys like turn into all guy who, and Anthony Bennett. Size-wise, is now struggling in the league, Emmanuel mm-hmm. Moutier, who he was, was a seventh pick. Seven. It's still not. It, you're still early lottery. Look at the past. Look at the past number one overall picks. This I, is also outside a draft that has like four of, or five number one. Picks. Yeah, and outside of the and outside of guys that get injured like Greg Oden, and it, really, there's only one huge bust and like two huge busts since 2000. Uh, and it was the three really. Anthony uh, Bennett. Bennett Brown. And uh, Bargnani. Those have yeah. been the biggest guys outside of injuries. I mean, that's the thing. These guys really don't flop that much. And I just don't see him falling. And, and really, Ben Simmons, we haven't seen what him he can do. But again, injuries to that. I just mm-hmm. I just see that Boston isn't in a rush. And you could get a guy like Fultz who can become your superstar. I just think it'll be kind of funny if we're sitting maybe, I don't know, five years, five, six years down the line. And it'd be funny if Boston fans are sitting there going, hey, remember when we could have traded for Jimmy Butler? Yeah, we could have probably won a championship. That's what I think. Like, right now, that's what I think we may be seeing in five or six years. And I think they will be saying, thank you, Danny Ainge. Thank you, Danny Ainge, with a ring on their finger. I think that's what I oh, see. Oh, shit, he just called the ring. He just said Boston five to six years. That's on tape. We're keeping that. Five to six years, Boston's going to win okay. a ring. Okay. I think it's. I think it's going to happen. Okay. LeBron's, LeBron's playing five or six years. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron's also going to be what thirty six. LeBron takes care of his body hella well, though. LeBron's going to be thirty six. Mm, takes care of his body really well. That's fine. Longevity. Anyways, uh, we got into a circular argument there, but let's move on now. We talked about you know superstars. Now we're going to move on to non superstars. I know early in the intro, I said. Well, we're going to talk about teams, but we couldn't really find we teams. We changed it on the fly. We're changing it on the fly. Now we're going to be talking about non-superstars here, and specifically guys like that aren't Carmelo Anthony, that aren't Jimmy Butler, stuff like that. And the guy that's really in... Crap players. Not crap players. <laughs> uh, but guys that are expiring contract, guys that have been kind of disappointing on their, their teams this year. Old or young guys, too, uh, with Jaleel Okafor. But the guy I want to talk about first off is Reggie Jackson. There was a trade uh, rumor thrown out by ESPN. It was Reggie Jackson to Orlando for, I believe, Jeff Green and another player that I'm, I think it was DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine, was, come back to town. It was rumor. DJ Augustine and Jeff Green for Reggie Jackson. I think Reggie Jackson should be moved because you watch them with Ish and they just flow better offensively. Reggie's a guy that likes to stop and, and Reggie's a guy that likes to be a guy that is the guy. Right? Reggie yeah. wants to be the guy. That's one of those things where I, I feel like up one thing looking from at that team. Westbrook, he wants to be the guy. I, I feel like look at that team. It's like, well, Reggie Reggie's really good, isn't he? Like I, th- I thought he was I thought he was good, but then when you watch them play, it's a totally different story. And I mean it doesn't help that right now he's definitely playing hurt. Uh so that throws things out of whack even worse. But even when he wasn't hurt and he had that healthy stretch, it was like doesn't pass the eye test. Mm-hmm. Something something's not right about this team right now. And 
blaming him eh, legit or not, I don't know. No, with me, I feel like it's all about fit. And like Sean said, when Ish is on the court, mm-hmm. the team just runs better. And for a team that right now you're sitting a game behind the Bulls and if the season were to end today, you're right. playing the Cavs again. And with Reggie Jackson, you're probably not going to win a game again against the Cavs. You got to do something, especially in this lower end of the East, because if they can make a trade that can help them out in the long run, have mm-hmm. maybe Ish be the main point, and then DJ come in and be the guy to give them some rest. DJ when, back in town. He well, was pretty successful there, too. It, it, you can easily jump the Bulls and the Pacers. You're only two games behind the Pacers. That's an eight to six kind of a jump, and it's kind of pick your poison. Who do you want to play? The Celtics or the Wizards? I, I don't know. I don't know if it really makes them that much better. Like I know, I'd rather go up against the Celtics I think, or the Wizards than the Cavs. No, I, I, I'm surprised you're giving them That's the ability to statement. jump two teams. Well, it's and be- then decide your own fate with you know who well, you're going to. It's because you're only a game back on the Bulls and two back on the Pacers. The Bulls play up to competition or down to competition, so I don't know that you can jump them. The Pacers are the streakiest, good or bad, inconsistent team. So. Again, I don't know that removing Reggie Jackson is going to make your team inherently better, but at the same time, it's I I I just don't I don't believe that he's that much of a negative on your team. I feel like there's still some positive in him. I feel like Stan Van may have a problem with though. We heard there's earlier rumors about the Rubio trade for him, and then it was like, oh no, we wouldn't trade you for Rubio. But it gets you thinking, like, all right, is this a problem with the fit in the uh, locker room? Is this a problem with the coach? Like, where, where's Reggie not going to fit this team? I think it's a fit everywhere. I mean, I think I think we talked about it. I mean, there's, there's, it seems like there's a lack of a fit on the court. You know, it seems like we, he had the problem in OKC where he was demanding a trade. He wanted out of OKC. Right. I, I don't know if, it, if it's really that coming back, but I think it's just more of Reggie either being frustrated with not being fully healthy and not being able to put what he was able to last year, yeah, and then people kind of looking looking down on him. I don't know if he's able to handle this pressure. I'm not a fucking psychiatrist, but I'm just I'm just you know no, no. theorizing. I, I just I don't know if re- this is the right place for Reggie. And and looking at what we saw and looking at what we see mm-hmm. in this team from Drummond, Harris, uh, Caldwell Pope, Stan John, uh, Ellison. I mean, we Stan see John got get buried again. Yeah, want- we see a lot of guys there, but it's just nothing. Coming to fruition. You want to know another place where DJ Augustine fits this team better than Reggie? The pocketbook. About half the salary for uh, Augustine yeah, they, they compared to Reggie like Jackson. Seven point two for Aug- Augustine this year. Reggie Jackson's making fourteen point yeah, so, nine. Yeah. So you're but, taking that. That's half the salary, and by the he's going up to sixteen, then seventeen, then eighteen. That's so on the lot, upside, that's a lot for a player that you're saying, ah, you don't run the offense as well as it. On the upside, the Magic get a score finally. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, the Magic <laughs> so is absolutely brutal. Hey, hey, they're up to 99 uh, points per game, which is, Woo. weirdly enough, well, like a seven-point increase up, from what was the start of the season. And they freed up some cap by uh, getting Surge out yeah. there. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, not, maybe the Magic aren't done. I know we ragged on them earlier in the podcast. Maybe, maybe, maybe they got to trade some more starters. Yeah, but then again, I mean, if they do uh, if they do get a high draft pick, they might be picking Dennis Smith, so then you're going to pick Dennis Smith and then have Reggie Jackson, and then you're going to have the you same have thing a over backup again. to Reggie? Yeah, I just, I, I think, I don't know if Reggie will be moved, but I, I think if there's a guy that should be moved, and if, if, if it's a desperate team, and I mean, not really desperate, but if it's a team that should be moving a guy and mm-hmm. should be sitting on a guy, it's Los Angeles Lakers, it's Lou Williams. Lou Williams needs to yeah. go out of no, LA. 
110% agree with you. I think most fans would agree with you too because this is a guy who has been like holding up this team and trying to will them into games mm-hmm. that they don't even want to win. Like This is a team that is intentionally on their route to save their draft pick this year, and that's that's their whole goal. It's like, hey, man, if we lose enough games, we're going to get a top three pick. It's a win for us. That's how we win as an organization and build our future. And Lou Williams is out there dropping like 17, 19, 22. Like he's just he he's performing really high and I think he's exceeded most people's expectations. We knew he was a great six man, but shit. He he definitely has a lot of value out there right now. Well, and it's one of those things where what team out there will be looking for that spark bench well for me it's some bench help. And I know when I say bench help, the first thing I think of was, oh, a team like the Cavs that we talked about earlier. But Can't afford it. Ca- Cavs are not going to make, I don't think they make a move in this, but what if it's something where, like, instead of the Pistons trading Reggie Jackson, they go, hey, we need some bench help. Or, more so, like the Bucks. Maybe the Bucks go, hey, we lost what? Jabari Parker. Let's go out there get Lou Williams to help this team because now we can play. We have Thon at the four. That fucking field right there. We can right go there. out there and go and trade to get some help in Lou Williams off the bench. Glad Ted Foyle, Ricky's back. How the hell does Jabari Parker equal Lou Williams? Well, it's one of those things where Jabari— Are you just talking strictly scoring wise? Uh, yeah. No, okay. I'm not talking like—that's why I said they have Thon at the we lost four. A, we lost a 6-9 or whatever Jabari Parker is. Let's get some more Lou Williams. No, you, you lost scoring, and right <laughs> I, I, now I know. Lou Williams is putting the ball in the tin cup, which is the goal of the game. Yeah, Boom, no. John Madden. But, but <laughs> the one thing is is with that is I, I just—I don't— no, if it, it, with the Lou Williams going there is, I don't, I just don't see it working really for the Bucks. Is because the, the Bucks, I mean, they they pride themselves on wingspan, they pride themselves on size. They, <laughs> they pride, I love that you say it, and you're like, you're not wrong. But look at it the just sounds team. silly, but, but you're like, not Lou wrong. Williams doesn't fit that team, and I don't think the Bucks are someone that's like, all right, let's make the playoffs so badly. I mean, yeah. it's more of. Let's get Giannis as much opportunity as possible. Let's make sure Chris Middleton get, get in there. Jabari's just a, a, a terrible situation. Do you want a Bucks trade that I have pulled up right now? Yeah, what is it? This is also our our annual segment here on the Fast Break. Who will uh, Sean tell to get fired next? Uh, this is from the LakeshowLife.com. Make sure you're reading it right. I am. The Lakers would get Greg Monroe, Rashad Vaughn, and a lottery-protected 2017 first-round pick. And they'd give up Lou Williams, Jose Calderon, and Tariq Black. Who says no? I don't think that's awful. I don't think anyone's getting fired there. Well, I just said, I mean, the last trade, I know that I messed that up. But the last time we read a trade from the yeah. fan side network, think, Sean told him to get fired. I, I think the big thing, though, is, is it's just that Greg Monroe's contract expiring. You need to get him out, or at least, I mean, that's the that's the guy that if you look at him and, like, that's just a... This is just a terrible situation. Nothing really came to fruition there. I just I look at that, and I think Lou Williams, no matter the team, whether it's the Eastern Conference, whether it's the Western Conference, he can be helping a team yeah, off the bench. And I, 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 I see think that contender. he needs to be moved. Yeah. I, I see contender. I see him going to like Washington. I think that's a team that nice. is on a heater right now. Yeah. Uh, and they absolutely could use him coming off the bench, giving them some life. I know they've had you know Otto Porter stepped up huge this year, which is fantastic for them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they kind of hit a lull a little bit in scoring when you do need to rest guys like Wall and Beal. And I I think that Lou Williams would absolutely be huge for that team. I got one of those trades pulled up also. Well, it's the- Trey Burke, Oubre, Nicholson, and a 17 first for Williams, Calderon, and an 18 first. Well, I wait, well, can you read that again? It was, Oubre. So the Lakers are getting Oubre, Trey Burke, 
Andrew Nicholson and a 2017 first rounder from the Wizards. And the no Wizards, protection. No protection. And the Wizards get Lou Williams, Jose Calderon, and a 2018 second round pick via Denver. I think Lakers win that one. Oh no, I'm sorry. I think the Lakers get fucked on that one. I think I think that if I'm the Wizards, I might pull that because you look at you look at this bench and who's coming off this bench and what they're giving you scoring wise. I mean, the biggest scorer is Marcus Thornton, who's I, I, he might still be banged up, but he, he's only played 33 games. Kelly Oubre's played 53, only giving you 62. Jason Smith has been five points off the bench. Trey Burke's been five points off the bench. You need some type of scoring if you're Washington, and yeah. I don't think Washington, even if they make that move, they're going to be you know oh can they really compete with the Cavs? I think that's still up with the Raptors and Celtics but and I think the Wizards can can put their name in there but if mm-hmm. I'm if I'm taking two teams if I'm taking two teams I'm taking the Celtics and Raptors over well, the Wizards to at least compete I, with the Cavs. I, I, I throw was, the hot team in the playoffs. I was going to throw that but out there. But are they going to be hot going in there? Because Dave throughout the Wizards do a team that we talked about with Jimmy Butler do the Celtics go, "Hey, we need something to help us. Let's not break the bank. Let's see what we can Let's see if we can finagle the Lakers into giving us Lou Williams for the price that we want to where we don't have to give up these assets that we so uh, cherishly hold. I I don't know. I I, I think that— Because then you can get rid of Avery Bradley. The core deal would need, be— uh, we, Why are you giving up Avery Bradley? Well, because that's the big thing. When I'm listening, of course, it's Jimmy Butler talks. Everyone's talking about Avery Bradley being in that deal. But they could give up lesser— players and not have to give up those first round picks for Lou Williams. But you're not giving first up. Round, I, see the thing is is though Avery Bradley's so much better than Lou Williams. I don't like they're I, Avery Bradley if I'm then talking what, then what would you give up for Lou Williams if it was the Celtics? If you're the Celtics you're definitely not giving up Lou uh, I, I I don't know if that's the biggest fit there but mm-hmm. I, looking at that um I, I you definitely if anything get you do not get rid of Avery Bradley. Well, what he, what me, he brought away I know but I'm talking I'm yeah. Ricky, it's called I'm Talking, and I'm also pulling up trade machine so I can actually see what works, so I'm not just talking out of my ass right here. Um, <laughs> but looking at it, um, your Rebco can be moved, um, Olenek can be moved, Rozier can be moved, Young can be moved, uh, Demetrius Jackson can be moved, Mickey can mo- be moved, Gerald Green can be moved. But if I'm anything, you're keeping El Horford, you're keeping Bradley, you can get rid of Zeller, uh, but like Horford, Bradley, Thomas, Crowder, Brown and smart. smart those yeah. are those guys that are untouchable. Well, and that's Anyone fine. else the Lakers, can move. The Lakers want young talent. And that's what the Lakers want. They don't have to be so then cream to, of the crop. But, uh, fuck, I don't know then. They're just, they just need young guys that Luke Walton can mold. I think, or guys that you're expired at the end of the year. Let's draft some guys. Well, yeah, that's the one thing. That, I mean, Demetrius Jackson is young. Uh, and then if you want expiring, then you're Repco. So, I mean, those two together for Lou Williams. Does it work? It works. And that's going to give the uh, Celtics 11 more wins. And uh, that's going to take away 12 wings for the uh, the Lakers. So, which is exactly what they want. I, I, say I some, don't know if some, some picks might <laughs> yeah, be tossed in there. Yeah, t- picks will be tossed in. That's not going to be a trade. I'm not a guy who claims no. to be putting trades together. But you're not getting rid of Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley for Lou Williams, you're getting buttfucked there. If, if, I'm this, if I'm the Lakers, I'm taking that in a heartbeat. Uh, but giving away from Lou Williams, getting away from, from – uh, uh, from the guy we previously talked about, Reggie Jackson, who is one guy that's out there that you're saying he can be traded, he will be traded before the trade deadline? Is there ja, any guy out there? Ja, I feel like we've talked about it for a few it's weeks. It's a goddamn is it, mystery. Is it going to be the Pels? Is it going to be the Bulls? Like, we talked about him going to the Bulls. Rankin said one thing. We talked about him being a good fit on the Bulls. Then the next day when those two segments came out, it's, oh, oh he's going to the Pels now. It's like, where the fuck is he going? Well, that was that was the Colangelo plan. He, was, he, <sighs> he had to go up here. He's like, if I put pull him and I don't let him travel people think he's on the market mm-hmm. he's going somewhere maybe I'll get a random offer toss in 
Turns out there was no offer. Yeah, nobody. There was no interest. No, nobody was, gave a fuck. It's one of those things where I He's can't. Just an idiot. I can't remember <laughs> where I heard it. If it was like ESPN, if it was the herd, if it was ESPN radio that I listened to. Yep. It was the thing though that I heard was it was one of those things where if the 76ers wanted to make this deal, they should have did it last year. Last yeah. year, the price was higher for yeah. Ja. People would have given stuff up. But you know up. what you had. And now it's one, but well, that's, that's it's, the thing. It's you one didn't of those know. things. Well, you didn't know how Embiid was going to mm-hmm. come out. Plus me. And, and of course, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's one of those things where you should have probably traded Ja last year. I yeah, it's more hindsight. I don't. Yeah, think I, it, I agree with you on that. Channel. I think if they Bigger traded podcast. him, I would have been like, "What the fuck?" If if they traded him, I think that would have been a because a how many reaction. centers in their rookie year dropped seventeen and seven? I mean, he's he's a fucking offensive monster. His game is so developed offensively that there's got to be value there still, and that's why I feel like someone is willing to give you something for him. You're not going to get a top three pick. I know, you know, that's that that's just out of this world at this point, mm-hmm. especially this draft class. But because it's this draft class and because there's so much hype around it i think they'd be okay with taking a mid first rounder i'm talking the 10 to 20 range and i think that's totally reasonable for ja right now i don't know outside of the bulls because we focus so much on well, the, bulls. the bulls pelicans have been thrown out there i don't know if that one's actually going to stick but right right it's just I, I mean i don't know who is going to end up you know dropping the final cash on him but i do think that he is going to get moved off this team because <sighs> Colangelo, just just pull the trigger on something. Like the longer you keep him, the worse this team feels. Yeah. And I think that they're already scaring the crap out of me with the whole. Uh, you know what? Ben Simmons may not play this year. You know what? We may we may hold Embiid for you know what was a tweak injury to uh, maybe maybe six weeks. Yeah. And it's just I, like, what are you doing to my fucking fandom? <laughs> your fandom. Uh, well, well, no, to the hype. I mean, this team was hype, built up yeah. as a is a like, look. The 76ers are going to love their team regardless, mm-hmm. but what they put on the floor earlier this season was awesome and was exciting to watch, and we all were loving it. And then there's like, uh-oh, we're doing too good here. Uh, scared about a little tweak. We're, we're going to be cautious. What what was a six-week injury for Ben Simmons is now a season-ending injury for Ben Simmons. Like, that's fucking idiotic. I don't know what will end up with the Simmons. They haven't come out yeah, with I anything. Know. He's practicing Nothing now. Officially. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing, but the, the one... You know, Jazz is an involving mystery. I think Lou Williams should be traded. Uh, the other guy we talked about, Reggie Jackson, that one's kind of up in the air. Should they I mean, even there's trade some him? Outside guys well, too. But the, the guy that I wanted to bring up now again and going in was Brooke Lopez. We haven't talked Bro-lo. about Brooke Lopez, but Brooke Lopez is on a shit team. Brooke Lopez is having a, a career year, and it's one thing where I just feel bad for the guy, and I want him off this team. And if I'm looking at it, there's Brooke Lopez can help a team. Brooke Lopez can be a third option for a team and push you over the edge. If I'm looking at Boston, you put him as your center and put him next to Al Horford. That could be something that's interesting there. But 21 mil. You got to come yeah, up with the money to Exactly. Get him in. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying more of guys that I think that, I mean, I'm not talking logistics. I'm not talking certain teams. I'm just saying, if I'm the Nets, I'm mm-hmm. sitting on Brooke Lopez. I would say. I'm doing my damn best to get him out and get what I can for him. Maybe you wait to the offseason, but I'm looking at Brooke Lopez, and I'm saying, you got, I I, I got to get something for him. That's fair. And again, you're right. Brooke Lopez is having one of the best years ever, and because he found that three-point line, he's been magic out there. He's putting up weird numbers. And I mm-hmm. mean, I think we all kind of undervalued him, and he might be having, you know, again, he's, he's overshined because of the markets, because of these people who are having historic performances, but he's having a fantastic year. I just don't know if the Nets would would be willing to move him right now. I think that because they do have him uh, under contract for another year, exactly. So have to get rid of him That's right what I'm away. like. I think that they're going to hold on to him because this is a team where 
we saw early in the year with Jeremy Lin healthy, they were kind of fun to watch. I mean, right now they're just miserable as shit. And you're right, it's sad to watch them play. I I don't know where you're going to get value for him because, well, he's a center who can stretch it out to the three-point line, which is awesome. Rick, you mentioned the number, $21 million. Mm-hmm. And I will throw out a team, and this is one that I mentioned before. Do we see a kind of deal work out where it's – it's kind of the same where maybe it depends on the complementary players that Milwaukee would throw in, but do we see a deal where Milwaukee tries to bring in Brooke Lopez, the stipulation is you got to take Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe's less money than Brooke Lopez, is but he's the same years. Year? 17. 17? 17.1. Yeah, that's the one thing is is you 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 look at Brooke Lopez. He's and he's, a straight, he's an upgrade and a straight up trade between Brooke and Greg would work. Okay, well, yeah, Which, I, you, you need something on that Milwaukee side, whether it's picks, whether it's someone who you <laughs> can still add something. No, I'm I just believe money wise, it could just be those two players and picks and stuff. But, However, but correct me if I'm wrong. You can, I think you can add something like a little bit on that Milwaukee side, and it'll still go through. Am I correct? On the Milwaukee side, so if I tried to add something, yeah, yeah, like throw yeah, in yeah a Brooklyn's not kid. near the cap. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, give me somebody. That well, you I'm, want. I'm just saying, like it is possible. There's still some cap they can work with. Yes, a little bit. Okay, so there's there's still some cap. I, I just looking at that. I don't know if Brook Lopez is the answer in, in Milwaukee, but and I don't know if that's the trade you need to make right now. But I, I look at it and just you need to get something for Brook Lopez, and they do have him for another year, so they don't have to pull the trigger now. But I look at that, and you see a guy like Brook Lopez, a guy that's having again like a, a year that he's doing stuff that he's not really been able to do before. You know, shoot shoot thirty four percent from three, a guy that usually barely ever takes threes in in his you know in any season. So I look at this, and I think you need to get something out of Brook Lopez. Um, um, you could, I think the Pelicans rumor was out there for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pelicans apparently, yeah, trying to get someone week. else to pair uh, with Davis. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that'd be a great idea. I think Anthony Davis is again one of the most athletic bigs in the league, and we've been taunting. Or, That's a bold statement. Really? It's a joke. I know, Mister White Bread over there, fucking glass of milk and his bold statements. Uh, <laughs> oh, with the what is was it? That? The, is it the get up? Is the it? no, the Warriors moving on. Oh, okay. The Warriors yeah, moving yeah. on. So yeah, call back. Yeah, went over Sorry. my head too. Sean. Sorry, it's, it's way okay. back, way back machine. Uh, but no, good it, job, Dave. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, no, Anthony Davis, stud, but can't win on his own. Uh, pairing him with another big like Brolo, who, again, can continue to stretch the floor, that team becomes scary good. The The price for Brooke is the big question mark here, though, and I don't know that... Uh, I don't know what the Nets are expecting. If they, We've seen trades you know, where guys who probably didn't deserve a one still got a one, so Brooke asking for two ones, is that crazy? I don't know. I don't know if it's crazy, but a team, I, I really, you got to look, Portland's a team that has three ones, but they just made a trade, so I don't think they're, that's going to be something that they really look for. Uh, other teams, I mean, t- Toronto did have it, and now Toronto's lost there, so I don't think the teams have the asset. This isn't like the the, uh, the well, Boston no, Celtics. It, it could even had, be like one this year, one in the Yeah, you but, know. but like the Boston Celtics last year, they had like four first-round draft picks, something like that. Right. So I, I don't know if the, the assets are there. I'm just saying, I feel bad for Brooke Lopez. That's, Fair that's enough. it. Fair enough. Uh, but I think, I think we've hit on the guys that we mainly want to talk about. Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson, Brooke Lopez. Um, ja. Ja as well. I mean, that, Where is Ja? Where is Ja? Uh, someone even mentioned that in the comments. But I, I think we've hit the, the trade deadline. Uh, we talked superstars. We talked Serge Ibaka. Uh, all-star break. Uh, do you care about the All Star break? Their nah. game? Nah, not really at all. Ricky? Nah, I don't give you, a shit. You gonna watch? I don't give a shit about any All Star games except for 
maybe baseball because I kind of counted. Didn't care. But I'm curious to see if they have any idea for who else is going to get traded. I want, I want some fan wild cards. Like, give, yeah. give me some interesting names. Definitely throw out some names out there if you are listening on YouTube. Throw that down in the comments. Got to thank you again for hitting, helping us hit 5,000 subs. We appreciate it so much. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, you downloaded us on Blog Talk Radio. Again, shout out to you. Even though you didn't help us get to 5,000, you're still helping us in a huge way, and you are awesome. Anyways, for Dave Oster, for Ricky Weber, I'm Sean Anderson. We will see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.